Did you know an estimated 3.5 million truck drivers collectively move nearly 70% of all merchandise in the country? Most grocery stores would run out of food in just three days if long-haul truckers stopped driving. We'll discuss this and other interesting facts about life on the road with professional semi-truck driver Melinda Fox Wellington on this episode of The Curious Professor. I'm Dr. B. Welcome to the Curious Professor podcast, where I take listeners on a journey of discovery to explore the people, places, artifacts, and natural wonders that spark my curiosity. In this episode of the Curious Professor podcast, we'll explore life on the road with professional semi-truck driver Melinda Fox Wellington. But first, a trivia question. In what year was the first truck built? I'll have the answer for you at the end of this episode. I'm thrilled to have professional semi-truck driver and nomad lifestyle coach Melinda Fox Wellington on the show today. Melinda has over 20 years of experience in the medical field as a combat medic, a medical assistant, and an allied health instructor. Due to burnout in the medical field, Melinda started a new career as a professional driver in 2019. In 2020, she lost over 60 pounds, is no longer pre-diabetic, and drove over 125,000 miles. Melinda has combined her medical knowledge, coaching skills, and real-life experiences from traveling more than 90% of the time to structure programs for her business, Nomad and Travel Lifestyle Coach. When I found out that Melinda worked in such a unique profession, where less than 7% of professional truck drivers are women, my curiosity was immediately piqued, and I wanted to learn more. I hope this interview with Melinda will spark your curiosity, too. Welcome to the show, Melinda. It's great to have you here. It is great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. What got you interested in truck driving as a profession? It's actually a really funny story. Um, We have, my husband and I have a fifth wheel RV um, and we were coming home from a camping trip a couple years ago and I asked him, when was he going to teach me how to drive the RV? Because he wasn't feeling good. And I'm like, you know, if something ever happens to you, I really need to know how to drive this and feel comfortable in it. And he's like, oh, he goes, never. I'm like, what? Why not? He goes, because we'll either kill each other or get a divorce, which is true. We're both very hard-headed. So about a week after that conversation, because it was still on my mind, I was um, having to drive by a truck driving school. And I'm like, you know what? Let me see what they have. And I just turned into the parking lot and I came out and enrolled as a part-time student to get my CDL license and um, while I was still working medical. And I used my uh, GI Bill because I'm prior military also. And so, yeah, it was a win-win. That's really neat. And what does your husband think about it now? Oh, he, he thinks it's a hoot. Um, he's always like, yeah, when we start camping all the time, he goes, you're going to be the one. I'll drive to the campsite. And then when I get out, I'll say, park it. And he's, <laughs> so um, the reason why I actually ended up using my license is um, I had burnt out doing medical for over 20 years and my husband retires in a couple of years. And I'm like, hey, can I just drive for a couple of years until you retire? And 
I love it. I, I absolutely love it. A large percentage of the merchandise in the U.S. is transported by truck drivers. What types of cargo have you transported? Um, I primarily, I work on what's considered a regional dedicated account which means that I work in four states in a certain localized area, and I deliver to one main consumer, um, which is consumer goods. Uh, it's a big box store. Uh, so furniture, clothes, groceries, all of those. Um, I have also done what's called backhaul loads, which means when we go and deliver, then we have to go to another location to get another load to come back. So it's a, a backhaul. And with those, I've had to do um, merchant pick up merchandise from Goodwill stores to transport it from one store to another. Um, I've done uh, stop that recycle locations and they load up the trailer with a bunch of recycled goods, um, washers, dryers, appliances, all that good stuff. What's your favorite thing about being a truck driver? I would have to say... The road, the road healed me. Um, I had parts of myself that was broken um, that I didn't realize was broken from all the busy. Um, and then just being on the road, I just, it, 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 yeah, it just really healed me. Is it because you get to spend a lot of time with yourself and your own thoughts? Yeah, you can't run away from your thoughts. You can't distract yourself with busy work. And I mean, yeah, uh, it, it can either do one thing or another. It can either completely break you or it can completely completely build you. And I was fortunate enough for one of the ones that was able to build. And what's your least favorite thing about driving a truck? Driving in the Metroplexus. <laughs> Everybody's so busy and in such a hurry. Um, and, you know, when I get cut off, I, I have to remind myself before you drove a truck, you did the same thing, you know, just back off, back off. Um, but yeah, I'm always like, you took my braking space. You know, if that car in front of you has to stop and you stop, I can't. I can do everything in my power to try to stop, but I, I won't be able to. And, you know, just knowing that I think the thing that surprised me the most is how many people are willing to risk their life for one single car lead, just one one car link it is mind-boggling but you know then you put yourself in that position so you're like well before you started driving you did that all the time too so it is yeah I would say that's my least those driving through Metroplexes because everybody's so focused in in a rush on where they need to go they they just don't realize their surroundings and they don't realize what risk they're taking when they cut Correct. off somebody driving a truck maybe they don't realize well, you know your, your ability to break is not as fast. Exactly. Because, you know, when I used to drive, well, we call them four-wheelers cars. When I used to drive all the time, yeah, I knew it took a long time to break. But I didn't realize how long it took to break. And it, it's just night and day. It's estimated that a professional truck driver will cover over 125,000 miles a year and may travel up to 3 million miles in their lifetime. That's a lot of time on the road. What is the typical day like for you when you're working? Um, now, I will either have, I'm lucky since I'm on a dedicated account, my appointments are either very early in the morning or very late in the evening because I can't deliver when the store is open because I can't put the stuff product on the floor while customers are in the stores. So that's one thing that I have that a lot of drivers don't have when they're doing like over the road and stuff because their appointments can be anytime 24 hours depending on where they're going. So my typical day is pretty structured within a loose term. Um, I will get up in the morning around four or five 
if I have a morning delivery, I will deliver first and then I will get my day started. I try to jog about three to five miles in the morning before I get on the road, um, personal hygiene, all that good stuff. And then I will drive from the store to the distribution center. Then I'll spend about two hours around there waiting for my next load. And then I will drive to the next store. If I have an evening delivery, then I'll deliver in the evening. I sleep at the store, so I don't have to fight to look for a place to sleep. So I'm really lucky on that aspect. And but in, in loose general overview, that's about how my day flows. What was one of the most interesting experiences that you've had on the road? I would say I get to meet people and I get to learn their stories and I get to form friendships with people I never would have met otherwise. For example, one time my truck broke down in Lubbock and uh, since I'm on dedicated account, I actually got to know one of those ladies in receiving and we formed a friendship. And so she found out I was broke down. She's like, are you in town? Because she saw it on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, she goes, let me come get you. And we spent the afternoon. We went and got lunch. We went shopping. She went and showed me around town. I mean, just getting those enriching local experiences. I got friends in every stop that I have. I have somebody I can call up and say, hey, I'm stuck in town. Come get me for dinner or something, you know, and that would be the best part of driving in a dedicated account. That's amazing. Sure. And and meeting interesting people and learning their stories is one of the best things about podcasting too. <laughs> I bet it is. We have that in common. Tell me about some of the noteworthy places that you've traveled. I would have to say the most noteworthy places I've traveled to is actually for my military date. Um, I was in Japan and I got to climb Mount Fuji. I was in Iraq twice as a combat medic and got to sleep next to the Tigris River. I was in a sandstorm in Kuwait and I got to have a little R&R break in Qatar and got to play on the beaches in Qatar. As far as driving, I would say it's small town America, you know, from driving in metroplexes to where you get cut off and horns blared at you and you get to see the bird quite often to small town America, you get thumbs up and waves and cars that pace you so they can do the trucker salute and you can honk your horn and stuff. So yes, I definitely enjoy small town America. What have you learned about other people while traveling? There's more good than bad. The news, I, I hardly watch the news anymore. I kind of catch the highlight reel. And that's it. Because when I used to be home all the time and watch the news, it really felt like there was more bad than good. And it's not true. Truck stops can be scary. I've had a couple scary experiences. Yes. But there's more out there that will help you than that will harm you. Don't be as scared. Just go explore, watch your back. But that, that would have to be it for sure. I like that, that there's more good in the world than maybe is portrayed in the media and that we might even realize. Yes, absolutely. Um, so like I got to say, you know, before I started, that was one of my biggest worries was safety. And the more I got out, the more I did it, the more I realized it. You still got to mind your P's and Q's. And, you know, luckily, I, I learned to look for a lot of things being in the military. Be aware of your situations and all that, but there's definitely more good than bad. Absolutely, hands down. And what have you learned about life when, you, as you've been on the road? 
Well, as a truck driver, we have to do uh, daily inspections twice a day. We have to inspect our vehicle before we get on the road to make sure it's roadworthy. And then at the end of the day, we have to inspect it to make sure nothing, no bolts came loose or anything like that while we were driving. And if something did happen, then we can hopefully get it fixed before we have to get on the road and we won't lose too much time driving time. I've learned that we need to treat ourselves like we treat our vehicles. We need to self-care ourselves to keep us rolling, to keep us, you know, not causing any accidents with our loved ones. A typical truck driver could spend as many as 240 nights away from home, which could cause loneliness. And I've read that up to 40% of truck drivers take their pets with them on the road to combat feelings of isolation. Have you experienced any of these types of feelings of social isolation? Or have you had any personal ramifications from the lifestyle of being a truck driver? My first year was the hardest year. I did not know or did not, you know, adapting to a whole complete different lifestyle. Um, you just grab it and grow what you can get to eat. You, you're so overwhelmed with all the dots you need to dot and the T's you need to cross that you do forget about taking care of yourself. I drove for about nine months. I gained about 30, 40 pounds. I was diagnosed with prediabetes and there's a lot of ramifications of the isolation, but then I, I wasn't able to lose my weight. So even though I had 20 years of medical experience, even though I taught people how to do it, you know, in the normal lifestyle on how to change their lifestyles, I struggled on adapting and changing that in this travel lifestyle, because it is very difficult to do those healthy aspects of it. So I actually enrolled into a health and life coach school, so I can learn those tools as I was driving. And I think that's a lot of reason why I was able to heal and learn about myself because those tools taught me so much. The skills and knowledge that I knew was difficult to convert over and going to the school taught me a lot on how to adapt and change what I can change. And going through the school also helped with the isolation because when I had a load canceled, I wasn't aggravated and frustrated. I was like, oh, good. I got something else I can do. And also meeting people on the road. There's lots of ways to combat that isolation. You just you, you just got to know those tools. You just got to use the tools you have. There's times I recover trucks for the company when drivers just quit. And some of these trucks are just really not very clean. And when you're stuck in the truck all the time and it's full of filth, it's very easy for that isolation to take over. I think a lot of us experience similar types of things when we prioritize our jobs over our own physical and mental and emotional health. So I, I think it's something that you share with a lot of people, including myself, because I often prioritize my own job over my health. So I'm glad to hear that you were doing some things to combat that. You shared with me some research that showed that business travel, especially long haul travel, Travel accelerates aging, doubles the risk of obesity and diabetes, increases the likelihood of suffering a stroke, heart attack, and deep vein thrombosis, that frequent business travel leads to unhealthy lifestyles such as poor diet, lack of exercise, excessive drinking, all of which contribute to stress, mood swings, sleep problems, gastrointestinal problems, and impairs job performance. 
What were some of the strategies that you specifically used to combat these health issues? One, learning about the self-care, making sure we have a 10-hour break. So that very first hour, when I'm shutting down that first hour, I take for self-care measures. I, I journal about how my day went. I journal, make sure I get nutrition through the food that I personally pack and play. I do stop and get something to eat sometimes when I want to splurge. Just in stretching, stretching does wonders when you're sitting in the seat, bouncing up and down the road for hours on end. I get my eight hours of sleep. And then my first hour that I wake up before I start my shift, I do my stretching. I do gratify, you know, what I'm grateful for, for that day and drinking about a gallon of water a day, which is fun trying to find potty breaks everywhere, especially, you know, when COVID happened and everything was shut down, it really limited our resources because we couldn't just go to any place to go in to get food or to use the bathroom because everything shut down. So it really made it tough, but just prioritizing what you want, what you desire, and then finding a way to plug it in when you can, I think is like the number one tool. And I think those are great tips for all of us, even people who aren't on the road. And that's one thing I was like extremely grateful for when everything shut down. I'm like, oh my God, even though I'm isolated, I'm out and about. I still get to see the sun. I still get to walk at the rest stops. You know, they have most of the nicer re walk uh, rest stops have a little walking path and I still get fresh air, which a lot of people I'm like, no, isolation just means stay away, go out, get some air, you know? And so I, I was very fortunate for that. When I was doing research for this episode, I found out about Lily McGee Drennan. She was the first licensed professional female truck driver and trucking firm owner. She got her license in 1929. What has your experience been like as a female truck driver? For the most part, it has been very well. From my research now, currently, there's anywhere from three to five million semi-truck drivers, and about 6% of them are female drivers. Actually, a lot of companies are starting to prefer female drivers over male drivers because statistically, we're safer. We don't take as much risk, so they prefer that. But I, I would have to say, put it in a nutshell, I was at a fuel aisle and getting fuel one time, and... There are a lot of drivers, especially during COVID, where they brought their kids on them to give moms a break. And this little boy tugged on his dad's shoulder. He's like, dad, dad, look, it's a girl. No, I mean, really, it's a girl. And I was like, dad was all embarrassed. And I'm like, it's okay. And I was like, this is so precious, though, just the pure innocence of it. Would you say that you have a camaraderie with other truck drivers, male and female? And maybe how is it different? I definitely have camaraderie with other drivers, especially the ones that are on my account. I also, whenever we get new experience drivers in, I tend to have them in my truck and I'll show them how we work the account before they get their own truck. And um, so I, I personally never had any issues, whether they were male or female. It, it, it's a hit and miss, though, on the camaraderie because a lot of drivers are very, what's the word, They're not very social. And that's why they prefer driving because it fits their personality, which is completely, you know, understandable. I've been traveling since I was three years old. I, I started flying by myself when I was three. So I've always been able just to go up and just talk to anybody because I never knew any better. I mean, strangers were always friends, you know? That's a really neat attitude to have. I like that. 
Do you have any safety tips for women on the road? I'll actually give one scary experience that I had as a safety tip. I just shut down my truck at a truck stop and it was nighttime, pulled my curtains, already got ready for bed. So I I was there for a while. And then all of a sudden I get a knock on my door. So I opened the curtain, peek out the window, and it was two guys. And they're like, you hit our truck. You need to come out and go to the back and look at the damage you caused because you hit our truck. And I'm like, "Mm, no, I didn't hit nobody's truck. I said, but I'll call because I didn't roll down the window or anything. We're talking through an closed window. I said, let me call the store and have somebody come out. And they're like, well, we'll call the police. Fine, by all means, call the police. I have no problem with that. But uh, a manager came out and um, luckily, and, and she walked to the back. There was damage. I took pictures, called the police, did a report, everything like that. Uh, after the investigation, everything come to find out it was old damage. It was not new damage. Um, so I have no idea what their agenda was if they were trying to get, because I work for a mega carrier and there's like, big obvious that I work for the mega carrier. So I don't know if they were trying to do an insurance scam or if they were trying to be shady. Just like that instance, wherever you are, if you feel uncomfortable or if something's outside, there's always somebody there to help. Don't ever go anywhere alone. Definitely don't ever be taken to a secondary location. Even though they tell you be quiet, scream. If they tell you be still, fight. When you're walking past people, look them in the eye, acknowledge them, smile, greet them. Most people who are up to no good, they don't like the recognition, so then they will change their mind. Uh, Just little tips like that can go a long way. Those are great. And always trust your intuition. Absolutely. What's one thing you wish people would ask you about truck driving as a profession? I wish they would ask, can I go on a day ride with you? I think that would be, you know, it would be so cool. That could be part of getting your driver's license, a requirement to ride with a truck driver for one day, because it gives you a whole different perspective. It gives you a whole different view. For one, we sit so much higher, so we can see so much further down the road. And so we're preparing to stop and then people are getting mad at us and we're like, you don't see what's up there, you know? And I mean, yeah, I would say that would be my number one thing. Can I go on a ride with you? Uh, that would be like a blast. Plus, give me a change of pace. Has anyone ever asked you to do that? No, no, they haven't. Of course, being a mega carrier, we're not allowed to for one, but it would be cool. But for two, it, it I just think people don't think about it. I mean, you're not exposed to it. You don't think about it. I never thought about asking somebody that. I never thought about it either, but I think it would be a neat experience. Absolutely, yes. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about you or your work? Well, as I'm driving, I am completing up my online schooling for a health and lifestyle coach because I took all those tips and learned how to change. I've lost over 60 pounds. I'm no longer pre-diabetic. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. It's very exciting. I am in the process of building up a business now, being a nomad and travel lifestyle coach. And I'm going to work with exhausted, busy travelers who struggle from the constant go, poor sleep and limited food choices that we have. And together, we just work in reclaiming the health, vitality and zest for life and without sacrificing your professional success. That's fantastic. Where can listeners find out more about you? I have a website. It's currently under construction, but I do have a website. It's nomadandtravellifestylecoaching.com. And I'm also building up a Facebook group, Health and Wellness Tips for Busy Travelers. That way, because what works for me might not work for you. 
we all have different travel styles. Even if we all drive a semi-truck or we all fly, every single style is still going to be different. And I'm wanting to form this group where we can share what works for us so other people can be curious and try it to see if maybe it'll work for them until they find out what healthy tips work with their travel lifestyles so we can all be happy. You can reach Melinda at nomadandtravellifestylecoach.com. It was great to have you on the show, Melinda. Thank you so much for taking time to be a guest on the Curious Professor podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And now for the answer to this episode's trivia question. In what year was the first truck built? The first motor truck was built in 1896 by German engineer and industrial designer Gottlieb Dahmer. Interestingly, Dahmer is also credited with producing the world's first motorcycle in 1885 and the first dedicated taxi in 1897. We'll end the show with something punny. What travels around the world but stays in one corner? A stamp. (laughs) Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Curious Professor Podcast. If there's a person, place, artifact, or natural wonder that has sparked your curiosity and you'd like for me to feature it on the show, please let me know. My website is thecuriousprofessorpodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe to The Curious Professor Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to become part of my community of curiosity seekers, be sure to visit my website, thecuriousprofessorpodcast.com, and join Dr. B's Hive. Until next time, always be learning and be curious with Dr. B.